Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Kelly is the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency in Phoenix, Arizona, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and the You Before Me campaign. She has a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. She was adopted when she was three days old. She was born to a teen birth mother raised in a closed adoption and reunited with her birth mother in 2007. Our goal with the Birth Mother Matters and Adoption podcast is to spread awareness and education about the beautiful choice that is adoption. Today, we're going to talk about combating the adoption naysayers. When you are part of an organization or have a philosophy or belief system that has an opposite side to it, I think in any aspect or in any area of life, you're going to have people that are going to be in disagreement with you. You know, some people have strong and loud voices and other people quiet and keep to themselves. I think sometimes it's hard not to take things personally. I knew when uh, we started this podcast that not everybody was going to agree with every statement we make or Mm -hmm. everything they, um, the facts are indisputable. Uh, However, our comments are not. And so I think it's important to recognize that Adoption, like many other decisions in life, not everybody is going to agree with you. I think where it becomes personal is when you invest not only your time, effort, energy, and you dedicate your life to it, and somebody makes comments or tries to insinuate other things, I think it definitely is probably one of the primary personal goals I have for this podcast so that we can make sure that at least they're coming to you or to us with accurate information. Actually, the reason that we're taking on this topic was because we had read a review from somebody online uh, concerning our podcast, and it said, incredibly predatory, sad, help women keep their children, but then I guess there's no money in it for you. And it kind of stings because it's almost like a personal attack against us saying that we're in this for the money. We don't want to help anybody. It's none of that. And neither of us got into this for, quote unquote, the money. I'm not saying that we don't earn a living doing this, but that's not what got us passionate about this. And it's, you know, I think it comes from an uneducated perspective, not to call them uneducated, but I just think that maybe if I, I really think if they listen to, for instance, the last podcast we had in which we had the adoptive family who was very much in contact and very supportive of the birth mother and wanted to continue that relationship, I thought that was so powerful. And maybe if they heard that particular podcast, they would maybe look at it from a different perspective and maybe see a little bit of our point of view. I agree. I I think that it's interesting because in terms of the goals behind our podcast initially were to increase adoption awareness, to have the opportunity to share other people's stories about adoption and how adoption has affected them. And not everybody is going to have a positive adoption experience. Mm -hmm. However, the majority 
do. And that's why adoption continues. And it has helped so many people and impacted so many people's lives and their extended families' lives and their friends. And, you know, for this podcast, this is strictly something that we're primarily doing as a, as a public social service. This isn't a, uh, a podcast where we are funded by a particular entity and receive funds for it. We are right. uh, doing this because we believe in the necessity of adoption awareness. Right. And education and just spreading that information to people. Not We're not trying to gain customers, quote unquote. We're trying to educate the public and maybe help other people see from a different perspective than what they know already. Right. I think that it is important for people who are not as familiar with adoption or the way adoption works to understand that different entities that are in the adoption world do things differently. Mm-hmm. So, you you know, with our agency, not only do we help women throughout their pregnancy, but with our aftercare program, the Donna Cavins Foundation, we continue to help them for as long as they are wanting the assistance, meaning we are giving them tools and educating them and helping guide them in the direction of whatever dream they have. If they want to become a a cosmetologist, we help them in that direction. Or if they want to, you know, go back to school, we help them with how to get back into school. If they want to start, you know, working in the work in a workforce, then we help them with a resume and teach them about how to do a job interview. And so from that aspect, I wish that everybody understood, do all agencies do that? No, all agencies do not do that. The other side of this is that not all women want to be mothers. Right. Not all men want to be fathers. Many And going back to the Donna K. Evans Foundation, I mean, one of the big aspects of what you do is to help them get back on their feet, maybe find a direction in their lives. And we would love nothing more than if they got pregnant again for them to be able to raise their own child and have the footing to be able to do that in a stable environment. And we've had that happen. Absolutely. And going back to that, not everybody wants to parents. You know, I, I applaud women who are either not ready to parent or don't have the desire to parent or will not be allowed by the state for whatever means to parent for choosing the adoption route rather than the abortion route. And I think that if we as a society had have, you know, started to change our mindset and we continue to change it a little bit more, then we'll see the adoption numbers increase, abortion numbers decrease, and everybody wins because there are families out there that desperately want to become parents, be in that parental mother, father role. And biologically, they may not be able to. And adoption allows them to still become parents. And that's amazing. And to take that away, if adoption was to just go by the wayside, I think that would eliminate so many people from being able to achieve their dreams. Because it takes a birth mother, a woman who is pregnant and wanting to place her baby for adoption for another woman to become a mother. And you can't have one without the other. Right. And I also see, um, again, going back to the criticism, they see it as a zero-sum game in that 
it's either one or the other in all cases. And I don't think that's true. I mean, for instance, my mother raised four children on her own without a father in the home. And we struggled very, you know, mightily to get through that period. But I wouldn't have wanted it any other other way. That was how I was raised. Had she placed us for adoption, maybe I would feel differently about my own situation, and I probably would. But I think there's ways to go about the raising and rearing of children without just saying adoption is wrong or raising a child on your own is wrong or, you know, I I think there's options out there. Right. And I think it's a very personal decision mm-hmm. that not only does a woman make um, when, when she's pregnant and, and delivers her baby, but that a family, an adoptive family makes. And again, I think that as an adoption agency, you know, our role is to assist both sides with the adoption process. It's to make sure that a birth mother has the education and understanding and coping skills and tools to help her navigate through her side of the adoption experience. And with the adoptive family, it's our role to prepare them and make sure that they are ready to be an adoptive family and they have the tools and the education and understanding to to be the best possible adoptive family that they can be. And so as we're doing this, one of the reasons that we chose the name Building Arizona Families is because we want to continue to build families and it takes both sides. Okay, let me ask you a question. Are there birth mothers who have entered the program and, and of course, I know the answer to this, and then change their mind. Yes. Now, when they do that, and again, I know the answer, I just want our listeners to know as well. Are you supportive of their decision or do you bash them? How do you approach that when they change their mind? So if we have a birth mother that comes into the adoption program and she is 100% at that time invested in her adoption plan. She has chosen a family. She is working the plan and she genuinely changes her mind. Absolutely. We support that. If we have a birth mother that comes into the program and is doing so with a fraudulent mindset Mm -hmm. and is accepting the financial assistance with the intent of keeping the child at the end of the adoption, then no, that is not celebrated. And that that's where a problem can occur. But for the women that genuinely change their mind, that's their right. That's why the state gives them 72 hours from the time the baby is born to make sure that this is the right decision for them and for their child. I agree 100% with everything you just said. And there's also been instances, you know, kind of on the other side of this coin where and I've talked about this in the past on the podcast. For instance, my wife was uh, helping facilitate an adoption. But what had happened was the couple had had this baby and they had set themselves a one month kind of deadline to say, OK, we want to continue to raise this child or we're not prepared. And one month later, they came to my wife and they said, we're not prepared. We would like to facilitate this adoption, continue with it. And they went through with it. It wasn't anybody's choice but the birth parents. And they just realized it's not the time for us. We don't have the tools. We aren't prepared. 
And so at that point, did they make the best decision that they felt they could make for themselves and their child? Yes, they did. And as a matter of fact, they had been in contact with the family the whole time that was adopting the child. So, it, you know, everything was above board. They were they were being honest with everybody. And I think that's another key point is honesty is is vital just in life in general, but especially in the field of adoption. Yes, I, I agree with you. And I think that's one of the reasons that I can only speak on behalf of our agency, that we try so hard to be transparent, because not only do we need the birth mother and the adoptive family to be open and honest with each other, with us as an agency, but we as an agency need to be transparent. Because when agencies are not transparent, that is where they can start to get a bad rap or adoption can get you know a black eye. You can get people that pop up that give adoption a really bad reputation. And then those naysayers, if you will, uh, you know, can capitalize on that point when right. that may be one entity or one person rather than the adoption community. Well, and I think that's important because not only it gives them quote unquote ammunition against something that they disagree with, but it also makes me wonder I mean, when you see something happening in a field or something like that, like I think of, of course, uh, the Peterson case here in Arizona that really gave adoption a black eye. Maybe that's the only information they have about adoption. And they think they're all swindlers. They're all dirty dealing. And, you know, they don't care about the birth mothers. They don't care about the adoptee. They care about the bottom line and the money. And so maybe that's where this person's coming from with their criticism of us. So, again, we want to educate. Not everybody is out there doing the wrong things. Yes. The other thing that, you know, when, when money is brought up in adoption, there there is a reason that we are nonprofit. Mm-hmm. You know, we do fall in those guidelines, which means that we are accountable, you know, not only to our board of directors and the state, but the federal government. So... This is something that, like I said, we're doing because we believe in it. We believe in the process of adoption, the outcome. Is it for everybody? No, it's not. But Mm -hmm. for those that it is for, they really need it. And it's a way that they can still achieve their dreams and their goals. And I'm speaking for both sides, the adoptive family side and the birth mother side. And so... I hope that you can continue to share this podcast for all of those of you listening so that more people can understand and you can help us with the impact of adoption awareness. We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112, or you can reach us on our toll-free number 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and help you get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan, or just give you more information. Check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by looking for AZ Adopt Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us and tell your friends about us. Birth Mother Matters in Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Thanks go out to Grapes for letting us use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Join us next time on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains, and we'll see you then.